Alright, do it again. You're listening to Daddy's Podcast. You're listening to Daddy's Podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Paula and Jay Money Show, a real and uncensored show about growing wealth and financial freedom. Your host, Paula Pant, is a fun-loving globetrotter who lives on the West Coast, focuses on real estate investing, and runs the blog at affordanything.com. Host Jay Money is a husband and father of two who lives on the East Coast, focuses on saving money, and runs the blog budgetsaresexy.com. While they may have wildly different approaches to building wealth, they both have your financial independence in mind. Which one most resonates with you? Find out as you listen to The Money Show. Here are your hosts, Paula Pitt and Jay Money. Hey guys, Jay Money here. Um, before we get started today, we just wanted to thank you so, so much for all the kind words and reviews and emails we've been getting. It's been amazing and we've been having a good time doing it, but you know, you never know what happens until you launch it and, and it gets into the real world. So we appreciate everything you guys have been doing. Thank you. Keep it up. Uh, I think we just hit something like 30,000 downloads and we're at the top of new and noteworthy and business lists. It's been amazing and it's because of you guys. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So yeah, today we have two awesome hustlers on the show, Jay and Ryan from scavengerlife.com. Uh, these guys have a killer eBay store, um, which they chronicle on the site with tips on how they do it, what to look for, how much money you can profit from some of these items, um, and a bunch of other awesome transparency, which of course we love here on the show. Um, they've also got into the rental property game with having a really kick-ass place on Airbnb. Uh, the pictures are amazing and they make a nice income off of that as well. So yeah, they're pretty much the perfect role models for how to have an ideal lifestyle built up by hustling on the side. Um, and we really hope you, you like the show. Uh, so here they are, Jay and Ryan from scavengerlife.com. Hey, welcome to the show. I'm super excited to talk to you. We are too. It's kind of like a coming of minds here from all different angles. Yeah. I know there's there you guys do multiple things. You you scavenge for stuff and then you sell that stuff on eBay for a profit. And then also your Airbnb hosts. So I want to talk about both of those things and and I know that all of this is working together towards uh, developing financial independence. So I want to talk about that too, but let's just approach these one at a time. Tell me about the scavenging for stuff and then selling it on eBay cuz I don't know the first thing about that. Sure. We kind of got to this point in like six quick steps that we could go over real quick yeah. if you want. Yeah. And then they ask us its questions for every step. Number one is Ryan and I, we're a couple, but at one point we were both a single and we both worked at TV companies, TV stations. We're kind of like tech nerds and we were both thrifty people. So that was like step number one. Yeah. And step number two is we got together and we quickly realized that we if we were going to be together, we didn't want to like live a kind of a traditional life. Well, we, we also started out in a long distance relationship. So I was in Boston, he was in New York, and then I moved to New York and we were like, we really want to work together. You know, like we really basically were like, we want to spend all our time together. And so we uh-huh. decided to start like a business together. Yeah. So we quit our TV jobs, but we were still doing like, like a video work. tech nerd stuff. Yeah. But we were basically freelancing and we yeah. realized like that's really no different than just having a job. You're just hustling more. Yeah, you know? you're hustling a lot more. Um, so when we we actually moved to rural America right before 
the economy, like the economy was basically crashing, like as we were driving across the country. (laughs) I have this image of you in your car, like on a road, which is things falling, like, like an earthquake. (laughs) Yeah, no, it kind of felt like that. Like gas prices were skyrocketing as we were like going across the country. Plus we had two cats in the car too. So it was fun. It was, yeah, very interesting. And we got to that point because we have good friends named Mikey and Wendy who live in a rural, it's New Mexico. And they taught us, because they moved there from, it's New York, they taught us that if you move to the countryside, mm-hmm. life just changes, you know? It's so much cheaper. Well, it's so much cheaper. I mean, the thing for us, we were living in San Francisco, and we were meeting all these crazy people who were talking about, like, getting rid of money and just <laughs> like that. All the peak oil people, Yeah, the peak you oil know. people, and, like, Mikey and Wendy were like, quit your job. That's what you should do, you know? And we're like, what? <laughs> and so we moved to... Virginia, and we bought a house for $70,000, which we were like, wow, that's incredible. Like a door in New York City. Yeah, no, it was like amazing. And so here comes to how we got to eBay. So then once we're in the countryside, we're still trying to do freelance uh, video work. But, you know, it's difficult. The reason why houses are cheap in rural America is because there's really no good work. Mm -hmm. And so we realized that there was also in this country so much junk in trash and abundance yeah. that's just lying around and we realized that we could take it and we could list it on the internet and people would buy it and we could make a living that way and, and i have a question about that so like i'm an avid like yard sailor i grew up around like antiques and stuff yeah. like that and what i find and I, i'm curious if you do the more like rural you are the more like old antique stuff from generation that's been passed down it's actually like kind of valuable stuff just sitting around collecting dust do you collect a lot of awesome stuff too compared to just tchotchkes and we are, stuff? If you mean do it, we keep it or do it, we uh, sell it? Like, well, do, you, do you find a lot of it? Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we are in a time in America where, you know, the baby boomers have lived in the time of America's greatest wealth. They've spent their lives collecting and gathering and they have extra houses and storage buildings just to hold all the stuff they've had. And those people are starting to either die off sadly enough, but it's a, a reality, or they're downsizing. And so right now, it's there's just this glut of stuff going out on the a market, whether they're giving it away, selling it at auctions, or state sales, or a yard sales. There's just like a treasure trove. And so that's kind of how we're making a living right now. I mean, it's just like you see on TV with people going to just storage lockers. I mean, yeah. we just... Uh-huh. We just kind of hustle and do it every day. And, you know, it's not easy. Yeah, but... I mean, it's not it's not passive income. I think a lot of people think yeah. it's like some kind of passive <laughs> way to make a living. I'm like, no, I'm doing this all day long, every single day. I mean, yeah. this is not like I'm chilling, <laughs> chilling out here. Yeah. So walk me through, like, let's say you go to a, a yard sale or a thrift store. How do you determine, like, how do you look at an item and determine if it's worth investing in. I mean, because fundamentally, that's what you're doing. Even if it's a $5 investment, yeah. you're investing in something for five bucks and then flipping it for, and I'm just making up a number, invest in it for five bucks and flip it for 15 and right. making that $10 spread. But how do you know, I guess, how do you how do you assess risk? For us, it's a smaller risk even than that. Mm-hmm. $5 is a lot to pay for right. something. So, so our thing is we, we I want to pay a dollar and get at least $30 for it. So. Holy wow. moly. So, like so that's our profit? Wow. Yeah. So 
if we pay five dollars for something, we want to make like I want to make like fifty to hundred. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of where we're at, and there's enough stuff out there where that's totally doable. And the way it started was just our own personal taste. I mean, the first thing we ever sold was a members-only jacket that we got from <laughs> because you know. We were in this rural thrift store, and I held up a jacket, and I said, Orion, don't you think someone would buy this in Brooklyn? She's like, yeah. And you know what? Someone in Brooklyn bought it. (laughs) So that started our business, basically. So, I mean, for us also, it's a matter of, first of all, buying stuff that we think is cool. I want to look at something and say, I would put that in my house, so I know someone else will. And then what's the price versus what I think I can get for it? And that comes from experience. But it also, the good thing about selling stuff on eBay or Etsy or wherever you're selling it, your experience can happen very quickly. I mean, you can put that online and within a month it sells for the price you asked for it. And you're like, okay, now I know. And it's Paul, I think you could understand this as well with, you know, it's your buying houses. Mm -hmm. I mean, just the information's all online. So if we see an item, we can even go on our phone while we're at a yard sale or a store and just uh, look it up and see, oh, someone just sold one of these, you know, for X amount of dollars. It's a good buy. Wow. In a given day or week or month, how many items do you process? Our eBay store, uh, we have almost 5,000 items. Wow. Wow. Online. And we sell about, you know, two to 300 items a month. That's kind of our, our like big strategy. a day or something like that. Yeah, well, yeah, about. So it kind of comes and goes. Our thing is, is we just list it and forget it. So if we don't fool around with auctions or anything like that. It just put it out there so there's just more search terms online and eventually everything sells. We call it the pipeline. Yeah. We call it filling the pipeline with stuff and stuff will sell every day. Yeah. And, and, and you say you don't mess with auctions. So do you do like a buy it now on eBay? Are they all buy it nows then? You yep, buy it. it now, and the wow. higher actually do make an offer. Yep. So, okay. so what is your like your week like? Let's say you, sp- I mean, you probably spend like I don't know sixty hours. Like I know it's not for like, <laughs> you know, it's not passive like you said. Like how many hours or do you do like every Saturday, Sunday, we're going to go shopping. Then Monday, Tuesday, we're going to list them. And then you know, like, do you have a schedule or do you like like how do you where did all the hours go? I guess. Sure. No. Right. I wish that we were that kind of like organized, organized yeah. but you know, that's a great thing. Having an online store means that things are just selling all the time. So we don't have to have set hours today. We're not really going to do much eBay stuff because we're like doing this podcast. And then and we have to go do some other stuff. It's more about we choose every day how we want it to go. And we always say the best thing about our lives is we can wake up. It's without alarm clocks it's naturally and then we can just start the day and we yeah. can do it's whatever interests us that day so whether it be working on ebay at home or going out and scavenging or working on our a rental business you know or anything we definitely mix it up but like this week we have piles of stuff that we're trying to get through for ebay like that's definitely on the schedule but it's yeah. not like okay nine o'clock we get up and we you know right <laughs> so, so I hope that helps. I mean, we're definitely self-motivated people, but the great reason, the thing we love about this life is we can choose each day what we want to do. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. And do you choose eBay because you're in the rural area? Like I'm in like the Washington DC area. So like I use Craigslist for everything and I like every Friday I have a goal to like list something, but I like to meet people face to face and I hate dealing with shipping. On the flip side, you know, there's only a certain amount of people that can want an item. Like if I put a members only, like who knows how long that would take. Whereas eBay, like all the hipsters are watching it, you know. 
Well, it, it, it is because we're in a rural area. Like if I put some stuff on Craigslist this week and someone messaged me yesterday from the D.C. area and I was like, oh, yeah, definitely like maybe too far for you. Right. So it's hard because I would love to sell on Craigslist. I really would. But it's quite far for people to drive. So that's the great thing about eBay. I am willing to ship. I am willing to deal with shipping. And mm. it's really a whole world of people shopping on eBay. No, eBay I mean, is the biggest marketplace. I mean, you know, know, we sell to everyone on the planet. So we, you know, 25% of our customers are overseas, whether in Europe or Australia or, yeah, or South America. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. How are you able to, I mean, I'm sure by, by this point, you've got it down just through experience. But in the beginning, how were you able to figure out the cost of, like make accurate estimates for the cost of shipping, particularly internationally? It's really great about eBay, actually, is they have calculated shipping. So I would weigh an item. Okay, these shoes weigh two pounds. I know that a box weighs one pound. So that's three pounds. This is the size of the box for shoes. And you just input that into eBay's you know, listing template. And it, they calculate it for you no matter where you are in the world. So based on our uh, zip code and yes. the uh, buyer's uh, zip code. So as long as it knows the, uh, the uh, weight, it automatically will change the uh, uh, shipping dynamically yeah, for different buyers. Oh, oh so man. every buyer on eBay, when they see the price of shipping, they're looking like me in Las Vegas. I would be seeing something different than J-Money over on the East Coast. Exactly. You got wow. it. I think eBay's changed a lot since 1997 <laughs> and 98 when I first bought something. Yeah. <laughs> I bought like a Michael Jackson's autograph, which I'm pretty sure is, is not a real autograph. <laughs> no, it's pretty uh, wacky. I mean, when we started doing this in 2008, I mean, so we've been doing this for a while now. It's kind of just grown over time. Our tastes have changed. Yeah. You know, at first it was just selling like shoes and clothes because that's what we were kind of into. And then as we started getting into rental houses, it was more household goods and furniture art and, lamps and art. And, and so it's great. You know, it's fun. It's for us because it's a learning experience. And that's that's really important for us because the technical aspects of, of selling online is really easy. The, the hard thing is burning out. And that's what you yeah. see all the time is people like, oh, yeah, I sold for a year, but I just got tired of it. Or and I so, got a customer who was bugging me, so I just shut my eBay store down. We hear that all the time. So we always <laughs> just try and make sure we're just always having fun and selling things that interest us. All right, two things. One, if you ever come across coins, old coins, I'm a coin collector. Wow. So ask me first no. if I want it before, and then, <laughs> then uh, you can put it on eBay. <laughs> And then the second on your site, Scavenger Life, you have like this manifesto um, and there's like there's like f four or five of them. I'll just name that. I'll just put that what they are. And then if you can go into and I imagine this is how you like start an eBay store, right? So number one, open a store on eBay. All right. Very good. <laughs> yes, that helps. <laughs> number two, list 500 things as fast as you can, which is mind boggling to me. Three auctions are for suckers. Four, the key to success is bulk listing, maintaining a large inventory, and the ability to store all your items in an organized way. And then lastly, once you have a large inventory, you can finally breathe, make a bunch of money, and then just casually list as you scavenge for more treasures. Bam. Yeah. Wow. That's all you so, have to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so easy. <laughs> for a while, we were just you know doing this on our own, and we actually started a blog about three years into our uh, selling because it can be a lonely yeah. process. So right. we were just like 
there have to be other people out here doing what we're doing. Who are they? Yeah. You know? So we've actually built a community of people, which seems a little bit counterintuitive because we're like teaching people to be our comp, you know, to, yeah. to uh, compete against us. Right. But we really feel like there's plenty of room. It's all about like camaraderie rather than competition. You know, yeah, rather than you're not, we just think there's so much abundance out there. And we found this with the blog too. Like, you know, we're telling at first when we started the blog, we were like, Oh, are we telling everyone our secrets? And I'm like, but it's not a secret. Like if you're a good business person that wants to make money consistently, this is what you have to do in this world. And I'm sure as both of you know, if you can tell people everything and it doesn't really help them if they aren't self-motivated. Yeah. So the right. thing about bulk a listing, I mean, that's a big hurdle for people. I mean, right. if people really want to make a living doing this, it's it's a numbers game. You know, you, you can't fool around with, with with like five or ten items. You know, it's yeah. got to be. It for us, it seemed like five hundred items was like the first hurdle to where you started to kind of get some regular income and then start building after that. And you know, and it's most people can't do that, but the the people that really want to make this work, that's and that, that's what they do. And that goes hand in hand with us saying, you know, especially when you're starting out, you have to do this like it's a full time job, you know, and we right. we we have been doing that for several years. And that's why, you know, this week we're kind of like, oh, we're doing a little bit of eBay and a little bit of this and a little bit of that because we've like built it up so high that it can cruise on its own for a little bit, you know. But when you're starting out, it's like I remember when we were starting out and I was trying to get to 2000 listings. We were in our house that we were refinishing. There's construction all around me and I'm at my desk and I'm just listing because I'm like, I have to list because I have to pay for this renovation. Like I was just sitting there, you know, like super motivated to do it. Yeah, you're a hustler. That's what hustlers do. I love it. And I know on here, like I was trying to figure out how long all this would take if you followed your manifesto. And you guys mentioned like, hey, if you list 20 things a day, it'll take you about a month. But of course, you have to like find the 500 things and all that kind of stuff. Do you think like an average person, you can't just like quit your job and then just start listing because that's crazy. But if you did like nights and weekends for a few months, you can probably be up and running from zero to 500 things store. Like, is that reasonable for people that, that actually are motivated to do that? Yeah, I mean, you know, we have people coming every week to our blog and they come for different uh, reasons. Some people, they've uh, lost their job. Some people, they're retired and realize they don't have enough. It's money and social security. Yeah. There are some people who just hate their job so much that they just want to get out of it. There are people that just have kids and they're just like, I don't want to work and have I, my kid. Like, I want to be wanna at home. I want to spend time with my kid. I mean, some people do it the way we did it where they just like did it quickly where right. they just nothing else to do and they could do it in a couple months. But yeah, and then like what you're suggesting would yeah. be very smart where you kind of balance it, where I still have a job, but I'm hustling on weekends and building a second business. So if I want to quit, it's my job, I can. Yeah. Some people actually, I mean, it surprises me. They like their jobs, so they don't want to quit. <laughs> Imagine that. You know, so, so supplemental so, income. So right. we actually have some members of our group who, yeah, they they're just selling on eBay so they can make extra money to either pay down debt take that awesome vacation every year, you know, buy a car. But we tell people, you know, when they're like, you know, I still, my job is okay, but I would like to transition into, you know, eBay full time. We say, yeah, right. Do it slow. Like have a buffer, do them at the same time. And you like it. Right. Make sure you can do it and you want to do it. Right. 
Because some people don't. I mean, they're like, oh, this, I hate shipping, you know, so it's like. And then we know the people or, you know, and we, we, we see these people at auctions, too, where the buying part's easy. You it's know, so easy. They go and they buy a carload of stuff and then they bring it home and it sits around them in their house. Yeah. And then they realize they hate to do a list on eBay or they hate to take photographs. or they hate. And then to you find them and then you <laughs> buy it all off of them. <laughs> yeah. We go to their estate sale. Do you ever guys ever like compete with yourselves? Like, hey, like here's $5. Let's see who can like make the most money on eBay. Do you guys do that stuff? Basically, I, see, yeah. I would usually win. So. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, what we do is uh, when something sells for a good price, we'll brag about who bought it. Yeah. We'll be like, it. who found that? Yeah. We I need like a leaderboard to see like, yeah. st- like track like football stats. That's yeah, right. Exactly. I know Paula's going to ask you some good questions about other stuff you're doing. So I want to slip these in before she does that. Oh, no. I still uh, have a whole bunch of eBay questions in my head. This is fascinating. <laughs> well, I, I want to talk about like real life numbers because I know you guys are pretty open with that kind of stuff. And Paul and I, we love numbers, you know, and we love transparency. So you guys have been doing this for many years. Two questions. One, how much do you make on average a year or the last couple of years? Like profit, like how much do you make after all this is said and done? And then yeah. how much do you think you've made in the grand total of all the years doing it? If you have an idea of what that is, just so we can like wrap our heads around, like, What's actually coming from all this hard work you're doing? So we probably net about sixty k a year. You know, sixty thousand dollars salary. Right. Yeah. So total, actually, we've made almost yeah half a million dollars. Like eBay has a thing where they show you your Your lifetime sales, expenses, cost of goods, Mm. eBay fees, PayPal fees, stuff like that. Yep. Just so. I mean, we love transparency. We kind of are like week by week. So every week on our yeah. blog, we oh, nice. how much it's we made every week and how much the items cost and the average cost and things like that. Wow. Okay. We'll send people over there. That's really cool. Yeah. That is super cool. And have you found through doing all this what items are better? Like you figured out the items that are quicker to sell or more or more profitable. Could you just list off a few of those items that are good or that you've managed to like be experts in and then the ones that like suck and to stay away from or at least that you guys stay away from? Our thing is we love selling weird items. Like unique vintage. Vintage weird items. So like housewares and like pieces of art, you know. I mean, these are like one of a kind items because those are the things that people will pay for because they're hard to find. Yeah. Um, So it's hard. It's hard to be like this thing. (laughs) So like, you know, anything like it's mid-century, you know. uh, A lot of mid-century stuff. Like I like to sell carpets, vintage antique carpets. Oh, wow. That's like my... I wish that I could just sell that, but but it, but it really is changing. I mean, it's like I said, we started off just selling clothes and shoes and that was like 90% of our store. Six years later, clothes and shoes are maybe 20% of our store just because we got tired of it, you know? Yeah. We just, we like to find things that are interesting to us and that can bring a high profit, like a, like a vintage carpet, you know, you can make hundreds of dollars and someone will sell it to you for five bucks because it looks like junk. And the other Uh, thing, the approach we have is we just sell anything because we never know what we're going to go out there and find. Like we just sold for $300, 15 brass hinges. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah. I think we bought them for like less than $10. And I was like, these are really nice hinges. We might use them in our, one of our houses. 
whatever. And then I put them up and they sold for $300. It was like, oh, to wow. someone overseas. Someone yeah. in the UK. So it's yeah. like, you know what I found um, fascinating? And I don't know if you've done this. Like, I always look for coins and stuff. And, you know, there's like stamps and stuff like that. But I, I always find marbles for hmm. sale. And like, yeah. Some of these marbles, like there's one that was like chipped. It was like almost broken in half and it was like $150. Yeah. And, and they're like, oh yeah, if that was full. That's like a, that's a rare one. That's six, a $600 marble right there. And I was like, do people buy this? And they're like, oh, there's like this secret, like <laughs> society of marble collectors. Listen, there are collectors of the weirdest stuff. I sold a deck of playing cards from the 1800s for $600. Wow. wow. I found it in a box. I was like, these are cool. They're weird. I don't know. I put them up they sold overnight to someone in australia i mean so, we can so for still, those you have you, you have to do auction for those right because you wouldn't no. do a buy it now for 600 or you did i did, I did a buy it now for 600 with see but 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 the thing we love about ebay is they have best offer yeah so we can start high 600 and then okay. do best offers so people can make offers I so see. instead of taking a risk on an auction where i started at 100 and maybe only one person bids, and so it only sells for a hundred. I can start high and then work my way down based on a w- right. I'm willing to, you know. Yeah, it's smart. That's in your manifesto too. I was, I remember yeah. that. Out of curiosity, why wouldn't you do an auction with a reserve price? I there. I hate those. There's a couple you know? reasons, like because I also buy a lot of stuff too for our houses and things like that. I really hate waiting for auctions as a buyer. Uh, what, I'm going to sit here and wait seven days. I want to buy this right now. So uh, sure, you can do a reserve and then you have to pay for that reserve on eBay, whether it sells or not. Then it a lot of times it doesn't meet the reserve. You know, if I put a reserve of $1,000 on those cards, okay, if it doesn't, it's not going to sell. You know? Here is a real it's quick work. eBay, a nerd thing. You know, we have 5,000 items. It costs us five cents a month for each item to be online. Oh, uh, which isn't a lot of money in the grand scheme of things. You know, if we sell a couple items a month, it pays for all of our fees. But if you start doing auctions with that yeah. other price with on reserves it, reserves and things like that, then the a listing fees are exponentially more. For us, it's about a listing it and forgetting it. So we just list it all up and then everything eventually sells instead of putting a lot of energy and time and money into individual items. That being said, there are several people that we've spoken to that we've interviewed on the blog who make a living on auctions and that's just how they do it. They like to move their inventory out quickly. They have a bookshelf full of stuff and that's it. They don't have storage buildings like we do. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Where's all your 5,000 things? (laughs) Well, that's a great thing about being in the country. We have uh, three storage buildings. They're just there. You know, and we have uh, five acres of lands. Yeah, it's cheap. Storage in the country is cheap. Yeah. So. Every guy has a big old barn here full of stuff. So that's. <laughs> oh, I love that. Song. Wow. This is incredible. I'm going to get off this podcast and go start my. <laughs> <laughs> Like, watch, like, I quit blogging, I quit this podcast, I quit everything, I'm just, like, an eBayer person. <laughs> what do you guys call yourselves? eBayers? eBay sellers? Hustlers? We're, we're scavengers. 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 Because, you know, we chose an eBay because, again, we're selling, like, weird old stuff. They don't have, like, a barcode. Yeah. There are some people, they only sell on Amazon because they're just buying like brand uh, new stuff at a clearance and, and selling it on Amazon. Some people sell it on Etsy because they love the it's curated site and it's very beautiful and pretty, you know. Yeah. So right. there's lots of different ways to uh, do this. Okay, so let's switch to... Wait, 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 wait. I have one more question. Yeah, yeah. How do you keep your stuff organized? Like if, if an item sells, how do you know 
physically where that item is located. I wish that we had like a really cool answer for you. <laughs> but really, we just keep things in plastic bins and we keep things by type. Ah. So we have like plastic bins full of like plates and plastic bins full of like camping gear. And yeah. so when something sells, we kind of know it's in one of these three bins and it takes us a minute to go through and find them. And like anything that's delicate or glass, ceramic, stuff like that, we have bookshelves where you can just see all that stuff in my office yeah. and in our house, unfortunately. It's but. definitely not like a system where like we, we could hire people and they could quickly learn. They would learn never find just it. Just because it's kind of like we're like those crazy people where like only we know where everything <laughs> is, you know? Everyone yeah. else thinks you're hoarders, but you're yeah. actually yeah. hustlers. Exactly. exactly. And did people at the post office know exactly who you are? They're like, oh, God, these two again. <laughs> no, I, they pick up at our house for free. I don't even step foot what? in What? Yeah, so people don't. I don't know why people pe don't know that. I mean, because people don't uh, mail things normally like we do. So yeah. you can actually email the post office, and we do it every day. And they will pick wow. it up on our porch. It's, so, it's USPS.com slash pickup. We love the post office. Oh, my office. gosh. I love my Helping them stay in business. Yeah. No, I mean, they say that to us every time they pick up. They're like, we love you guys. Keep wow. giving. Wow. Okay, I will. Now, that's another benefit of being in the country because we can just keep stuff on our porch. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And our neighbors all have guns, so it's all safe. <laughs> coming uh, into my house. You know, if you lived in a rural, <laughs> in, like in an urban area, you I wouldn't do, do that, it, obviously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. All right, let's move on to – so you guys mentioned um, – so we have to talk about financial freedom stuff. And then also, um, you did something like rental, or you, do you have rental properties, or, or what's they're what's They're the Airbnb stuff? hosts, Jay. Oh, yeah, duh, yeah, <laughs> Airbnb hosts. Hey, Paula, that's your thing. I don't, I've never once, like, I just used an Uber the other, like, month, like, one time <laughs> in my life, and I know, like, Airbnb is, like, Uber for, you know, whatever, renting. So I, you guys know that more than me, but like, you're, you're like, I've just discovered the internet. Man, have you guys <laughs> seen this? <laughs> well, I, you know, I think that's why we really love Paula and Paula's blog is because, you know, we really have learned a lot. So I guess in 2009, Nine? we were making all this money from eBay and we had sold, you know, and we had paid off our house and we had no debt and we were making money. I don't know. We aren't really stock market people or, or we weren't at the time and huh. we were like, we want to get into real estate because, yeah. again, things are so cheap out here. And we live in like a kind of a, a vacation spot. You know, people can come. We bought an old farmhouse and we started fixing it up. And that's the thing, though. We realized we love that. We yeah. love fixing up this old house. That was important for us. Also, we the, let me correct the timeline. In 2009, we bought our house. It was um, a foreclosure. We bought it in cash. It was $70,000. Um, ass. That is awesome. So we fixed this house up just using cash we were making on eBay. Like I was saying, I'm like hustling there. And then we're like, yay, we're done with our house. And we took like a quick short breath and we we're like, let's buy another house. And we bought. <laughs> you guys remind me of myself. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. When I first read your blog, Paul, I was like, oh, she's just like us. <laughs> He's like addicted to house buying. So that was in 2011. We bought right. we bought the farmhouse. And like Jay said, we live in a, a rural area in the Shenandoah Valley. So there's the river. There's the Shenandoah National Park. This is a so place. So beautiful. Go yeah, visit. Go rent your place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So people come here for vacation. They come here for weekends from D.C., New York, wherever. And we knew that already. And we were like, 
we could do that. We could, and we knew Airbnb because we'd used it for traveling. So we were like, let's let's jump in and do it. It took us three years to renovate this house. And then, and then once we got the its first one, it's going, and we're you know we're making about forty thousand dollars a a year off of that. We just bought another one that we're fixing up, so we're going to have two hopefully by the end of the uh, summertime. That is so between awesome. eBay and Airbnb, you're now at a hundred grand. I'm paying yeah. attention here. I'm starting to add up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Wait a minute. So you, from Airbnb, you're you're netting forty thousand after expenses, or you're bringing in forty thousand at, at the top line? Yeah, yeah. It's grossing forty thousand, and so we probably net about thirty two thousand, maybe thirty one thousand. Nice. Because I mean, and Paula, and that's why we it's like your blog, and when you did your Airbnb experiment, I mean, you know, we can just make a lot more money b but it's a lot more work so yeah. we do all the cleaning we meet everybody you know it's a lot more hands-on stuff but you know that's the other thing we like it we yeah. learn that we like hospitality yeah, like we, really we like actually it. don't want to just buy things and just well, not ever see anybody a but. lot of cabin owners around here will push their place onto a management company because they are not around you know they live in other parts of the country but even if they do live here they don't meet people like they'll just say okay the keys are on the table um and we just we didn't like the way that felt like we loved meeting people and talking to them about where they're from and people pay us because they kind of it's one experience like a personal experience i go to bed and breakfast like at least once a year with my wife and that's like if the people are there and i get asked some questions and i can feel like a local i love that so much and and shannon is beautiful i mean Shit, I'm gonna rent out your place for. <laughs> yeah, you gotta come out. <laughs> but you better make me breakfast, or I'm not doing it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that's the beauty of Airbnb. They, people rent our house, and they get to do whatever yeah, they want. Yeah, I mean, we don't have to cook for it. We uh, we uh, meet people for about ten uh, minutes, and that's it. So that's uh, yeah, that's all you get. Yeah, and I, uh, I'm looking at the pictures of your uh, your house on shampooandbooze.com. That's your other website, your Airbnb website, mm-hmm. and it's gorgeous. I mean, this just ridiculous floor to ceiling. Like yeah. in oh, the wow. most ridiculous yeah. window I have ever seen. Yeah. It's Holy. beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, that's the one that we just bought. Yeah, so oh, that's wow. a one we're mansion. Yeah, this is gorgeous. And the a reason why we we enjoy doing it is because mm-hmm. we build our scavenging into it. So the way we uh, redid our first uh, rental and our home is we scavenged a lot of the parts. We we scavenged a lot of the flooring. And the trim and tile. Appliances. Yeah. It's great. Like you know, you can go on Craigslist. Like we are just talking about, I mean, we're getting like $2,000 stoves. For like $100. You know, like beautiful just, stoves. And like, yeah. Yeah. People just give stuff away. Basically, they're like, I'm redoing my kitchen. Just take this away. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. You guys have found like the perfect mixture of business. I mean, it's business, but it's like fun and like life. I guess it's like a lifestyle lifestyle business. Exactly. That's perfect. It's got to be or else we just couldn't do this. Like where you guys are located, is Airbnb even that like popular or are you guys like one of the only ones? So that because of that, you also get more business or are people catching on or? The other reason that gave us confidence is we live in an area where people have had cabins here for a rent since the 80s. So it was a known quantity. People were already coming out. People would already rent. People are are using more, uh, it's VRBO, 
Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Airbnb is starting to get more popular, but yeah, but yeah, we're kind of like the uh, newcomers on Airbnb. So we good, good. attract cool. more of like the younger, younger people from DC, you I know, mean, it was like, you were joking how you just used Uber, but you know, there's, there's <laughs> yeah. in DC and in New York and wherever, like they're just, you know, and we would do this too. They're on Airbnb. Like, Oh, I want to get away for the weekend. Let's just look at the map. And see where we should go. You know, like people nice, definitely yeah. do that. We hear that from people. And most of know? our company, you know, and most of the people around here that have cabins, they have their own uh, websites and they were built in 1999. Yeah, it's poorly, really right. poorly right. done. But they still rent too. They still so rent all the time. It's amazing. So, yeah. You know? How much could I rent a room? Do I have to rent your whole house or do I, can I just rent a room? Whole house. Oh, it's the whole house. Whole house. Oh, that's more expensive than just my room I want. <laughs> <laughs> how much on average do you guys rent it out for just like i know like the peak season will be different and all that but like if i want to come like on a let's say a friday sometime in the winter because i'm bored it's basically two hundred dollars a night okay so more expensive than like a hotel but you're getting this big ass huge awesome rock star country hotel mansion place and well, you can find a ton of your family <laughs> But so but, I love that. Well, okay, but but break the numbers down because if you had our house can sleep six people, so okay. six people at a hotel would yes. be more than two hundred dollars a night. You know, unless you're in college. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're I like, mean, do the even thing. even at like days in, like I even compared <laughs> it to days in. I was like, we're still <laughs> days in for six people. So. so your place is good. I would imagine, like, if I was getting married and I wanted to be in the Shenandoah Valley. Like with all this beautiful scenery, that your place would be perfect for that. Yes, exactly. We've had several people come who were getting married or going to weddings. Spread the word. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a visit <laughs> first and and blog about it and make sure it has a J Money seal of approval. But so far. It's <laughs> <still good>. uh, <laughs> and you said you bought the place for cash. No, we bought our house for cash. We don't okay. live at our right. Airbnb house. Okay. So we bought our house for cash and then uh, leveraged that to buy our second a uh, rental. Yeah, to get a mortgage for that. And so how much how much was the uh, cabin? The, oh, the Airbnb cabin. It's not a cabin, it's a mansion. Okay, the cabin mansion. Sure. It's a, <laughs> it was $150,000. Ah. Oh, so cheap. For an 1850s brick farmhouse, you know. Yeah. And then on two acres. And then we probably put about $70,000 into it. So we really redid it. I mean, like mm. it's yeah. top to bottom. HVAC, electric, plumbing, you know, we don't touch that thing for our lifetime kind of. Yeah, that was what I did with my first rental, the triplex. I put $150,000 into freaking nearly killed myself along the way, but it's finally (laughs) done. (laughs) And so then we just bought our second one and that was 120,000 and we'll probably put about 40,000 into it Mm -hmm. because I mean, again, we like to go in and really just, you know, these are often places that people haven't touched in 30 years. So they just out of love. But then it's once it's done, it's done. You know, put on a metal roof. I mean, really do yeah, we, it right. Yeah, we get really picky too because for one thing, it is we're trying to make a high end rental. So mm-hmm. the one we just bought, not a farmhouse, but more of a cabin, like you were saying, with the big windows. You know, we walked in there, we're like, great, we love it. It's got great potential, you know. And then we cleared out. It came furnished. We cleared out all the furnishings. We gave it all away for free, and we looked at it and we were like. Oh, we have to gut this place. Like we, <laughs> mm. 
we want this to be like fancier than it is. So yeah. So our mortgage on both combined sixteen hundred dollars for two houses. Yeah, for two houses. Hmm. Like five hundred dollars less than my townhouse in yeah. DC that we're trying to get rid of. <laughs> yeah, it's with short. no property, no nothing fun. Yeah. yeah, and and so you know eBay is kind of our engine that keeps cranking out. You know, we just put junk into the pipeline, <laughs> old shoes into the pipeline, and then yeah. uh, and then our money comes out the other side, and then we yeah. use that money to invest in these other businesses, and then those are making our money. And now once we get this other this uh, this other uh, rental done. We then plan on paying down our debt. Pay so, down the debt. Yeah. I mean, Paula, I th- mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. I think you're just talking about that. It's whether it's you're in the stage of keep buying more property right. or yeah. start paying down property, right. and we're not sure either how big we want to get. You know? Yeah, it's it's super hard to make that decision. I literally think about that every single day, and yeah. every time I make a decision that oh I'm gonna do this, the next morning I wake up and I'm like no maybe I'll do the <laughs> other one. Yeah, yeah. Some, Alert comes on, you know, and it's like, there's this house for $100,000. I want to go buy that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you know what I do to avoid all that? What? I buy nothing and I invested all in the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I like about this Airbnb, and I'm, I don't know if you have other things, but what I hear when I'm meeting people from Craigslist selling, I do meet a lot of eBay sellers and some of them are like, you know what? eBay's changed. The rules keep changing. I'm getting screwed. Pe- people are like buying stuff for me. And then like 31 days later saying, oh, I don't want it anymore or, or it's broken. And then like they get like a bad review and then all of a sudden like they stop getting sales. So you guys are obviously like making sure you're on top because this is like a big part of your whole plan. Yeah. But God forbid eBay's like, oh, I'm done with you today for whatever reason you still have these properties that can sustain you probably because your lifestyle is so cheap even without the eBay. And I don't know if that part will factor into your overall, like what's the game plan or what's the empire building strategy, half eBay, half property or all property or whatever. Or maybe one of those decisions will happen, right? Like eBay will shut you off for like a day and it'll scare you or your house will burn down. You're like, I don't know if I want to do another. Yeah, like whatever, right? I'm not trying to be like, Debbie Downer. No, no, no. Smart. You guys are diversified, you know? Yeah. The other thing too is, um, you know, in the wintertime in our area, we are still renting, but it's not as much as the summer. And the wintertime is when eBay is really big because of the holidays. So it's like these kind of ebbs and flows are kind of the opposite for us. So, you know, we're making money on eBay when rental is slow. You know, eBay is slow in the summer. It can be. Uh, and then the rentals are going crazy then. So it's kind of a nice um, combination. Yeah, that's a good mixture. All right, Paula, you go, go ask your question. You know, I was just going to say what I love about your story is that it's you guys, it's just so similar to like I just relate to it so well. You're making money from eBay. We'll call that for lack of a better term, we'll call it like your quote unquote day job, like an awesome right. lifestyle day job. But that's what you do to make money and then all of the excess money that you make and save from that, you parlay into real estate investments. So now you've got multiple sources of income coming in. And then there's actually a third thing too, I mean, which we haven't really talked about is basically what we've always done. So we're a video nerds. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> and so, so we actually still do that work. I mean, we still run this video business and we still, I mean, we don't do a lot of it, but we have a couple of clients that we love and who love us and we still do work for them. And the great thing about them is that these are travel clients. So 
we travel to a Europe a once a year and then somewhere in America a couple times a year. And we turn those into basically vacations. So like in September, we're doing a week-long job in Dublin. And so we're just going to go over there for about a month or six weeks, you know, go and do our job and get paid for it. And they pay for our flights. So all that's done. Mm -hmm. And then we'll just pay to stay extra and travel around Ireland. We're kind of talking about that right now, what we want to do. Nice. And so what happens to your Airbnb rentals and your eBay business while you're overseas? We have a good friend that we employed uh, and trained to do the Airbnb rental when we're gone. Nice. He do that. He knows how to do it. He knows how to clean it. He knows how to meet people and we pay him a percentage. That is awesome. That was where I failed as an eBay host was finding a reliable person who could be there when I was out of town. That was my Host. I, I'm sorry. As an Airbnb host. You're doing it wrong then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my single biggest failure as an Airbnb host was my inability to find a reliable person. So if you found that, man, you've you've got yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, we, we feel very lucky. I hope that he stays on with us for the for the year. <laughs> I mean, you know, and that's why it's we think if we were to get other uh, rentals beyond two, yeah, we would need to, to hire start people. hiring multiple, you know, like yeah. like even have employees. But that's but the, the the whole point of this is like I don't know if I want to you know have to hire people or have people depending on depending on all the, uh, us on for us jobs like employees that just yeah. seems like against what we started doing this for was right. having any of that stress or pressure so that's kind of where we're at just in terms of eBay what we do is uh, technically it's kind of nerdy we'll change our handling time to however long we're gone so we'll be like handling time on this is thirty business days which a lot of people wow. think insane um but we message people we're like we're away we're traveling in europe blah 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 and people 10 percent of people say okay i can't wait for it just refund me 90 percent of people people are are like cool this is a -a one-of-a-kind thing i never thought i'd find it just hold on to it wow that is awesome that's really cool so your overall plan and get let's get back to i guess like financial independence stuff so you're making money after you make the money, you're not just spending it like any normal person does, right? Like normal people that have income, they just spend it on God knows what, right? None of us um, are normal people. Super frugal. This, you know? Yeah. So your lifestyle's cheap. So, I, you know, I don't know, um, you know, how much it costs you to, to live. But like my impression would be, if not now, in let's say five, 10 years, you can probably, quote, like retire early or at least be like financially free. Our a yearly cost, just our own personal life, is about $22,000. Oh, that's beautiful. Every, yeah. You know, you know, we have a wood stove. I have a wood stove going on right now. That's how we heat our house. So I cut wood. That's how we heat our house. It's basically free. So yeah. oh, God. basically live cheap. This is a good it's question because guess our hazy plan is have two uh, rentals going, have eBay, and then use that profit, pay down all the property so we have no a mortgage at all. Yeah. And yeah. then start using that property and this is a thing that is we're unclear about, but I guess start to put it in index funds. I guess oh, that's like yeah. thing, you know. Yeah. Put it in index yeah. Funds. yeah. I mean, it seems kind of daunting. I'm like, man, you know, we'd have to be saving six hundred and fifty thousand dollars to start to generate the four percent, which is whatever twenty five thousand dollars. It seems like a lot of money, but. I guess like anything, it just happens. It's a lot less money than people that need two, three, four, five million to sustain their lifestyle. <laughs> you know, and, you know and I, I've owned a house and that's what got me into in the money and blogging and everything in general. I bought when I shouldn't have at the peak of the market, no money down. You know, so for me, I have a negative connotation 
with real estate. And also I'm lazy and also like it just, it, you know, I have a property manager and I still hate it because every damn time they call it, it's never a good thing. It's always a bad thing. And plus I hate like I'm becoming more minimalist over time and I hate having these attachments of me out there in the world. You know, and this applies to my kids. I love my kids, but like if they get hurt, I get hurt. So it's like this weird, like it's just like an extra part of you out there that you have to worry about. Right. You know, investing for me, it's easy. And I, I because of Mr. Money Mustache, Jim Collins, all these early retirement folks that are index lovers, you know, they finally convinced me, hey, and so I put like literally, you know, every single dollar, four hundred thousand dollars of my money is all in like one index, VTSAX with uh, total market with Vanguard. And now I don't think about it. The market goes down. My money goes down. Overall, it's going to go up. My money will go up. And it, I, it's just like a click of a button. And that's it. And sometimes I have to catch myself. I'm like, oh, well, talking to these guys, I kind of want to have my own like mansion barn down the street, you know? Oh, that'd be <laughs> awesome to have this cash flow. Oh, I want to fix up a house. But deep down, my personality, like it just doesn't match. So I think it's smart that you know how you guys are. To me, that is daunting to invest in an index fund. Like blows my mind because I'm like, what? Like it's so easy. It's all you just put it in there, right? <laughs> it's like the opposite, you know, but but we're using, we're figuring out, you guys, me, Paula, what we like, what we're good at, you know, and then trying to get the system down in the, in the game plan, you know? So it's, it's interesting talking to you guys about that. I think that's why I'd love to hear from Paula or, or the reason why we like Paula is like, I think maybe we have a lot in common with her. We really love the challenge of finding these deals out there, these home deals. And then the challenge of fixing them up, that's uh, exciting to us. Yeah, I love that too. I love finding the homes. I love fixing them up. I feel like index funds have, they have a greater chance of long-term capital appreciation, right? Like over, historically, the stock market, the U.S. broad market has returned somewhere between 7 to 9% over a long-term annualized average. So you know, let, let's just use 7% as a conservative estimate. Like that's ballpark if the future plays out the same way the past did. That's like ballpark what you could expect over the long term. But that's like capital appreciation. So the dividends from that, the actual like payouts from that are are much smaller. Whereas with real estate, it's not going to appreciate as much over the long term. If the futures like the past, just based on like historic averages, yep. uh, real estate's not going to appreciate or create that equity growth, but you can just get a lot more cash flow out of it. Right. And so that was a big piece of what drew me to it, because from an early retirement perspective or a, a financial independence perspective, like real estate is what's really throwing off the cash and you don't need as much money because instead of the equation being a 4% withdrawal rate as it would be in, in equities... Uh, in real estate, it's a cash flow calculation. Yeah. So yes, and I think the other thing that comes into play for us is more of a it's philosophical thing. And one yeah. reason why I think we moved to a community that we love is that we're actually trying to keep our money in the here. So mm, we fascinating locally. I mean, we actually before we bought a second cabin, we we're almost about to buy a, a big property on Main Street, like a big like a commercial property, ten thousand square foot building that we are going to redo. Wow. But we realized we we're going to take on more than we could handle, so that may be down the road. But that's important to us. Like we want to see what our money's doing, and uh, we think we're investing 
not only in uh, money and making uh, money, but we want to see be in a healthy place. I mean, we're trying to help revitalize the community because our mainstream. I mean, is pretty God, dead right I feel now. I, like so, I feel kind of dumb saying that because we're so far from being able to do that. But that's what I think we would like our money to do. Mm. Well, and that's probably what's going to guide your decision on what the plan is for for your future. You know, I mean, I've I've never heard of that reason, which I love. You know, and and I think. I mean, it's something I never think about because I'm just not built that way, you know, but it's true. Like, and if you look at, let's say index funds, right? Well, that's every stock there is, you know, that means tobacco stocks, you know, alcohol related, like sinful yeah. stocks. If you go down to that level, in that case, I'm helping all this stuff I don't know want to help. Yeah. Right. But I'd never thought about that till today. So thank you. <laughs> well, you know, you no know, <laughs> but you're right. There's that, like, what's the point of this whole life and, and money? Like, as we all know, it's just a, a tool to provide for our lifestyle or whatever we want. But I like that. I like, that's a very I mean, valid point that I've never seen. I mean, I've seen it here and there, but like you guys said it really well. And, you know, I'm not trying to brag here. Part of this lifestyle gives us time. And so we actually are pretty involved in our town. You know, it's a little 5,000 person town. So we're on committees. Yeah, we both like volunteer to do stuff. You know, organizations. So we're going to uh, meetings. We uh, we uh, know people and we love that. We love that we can walk downtown and I probably know about half the people in our downtown and they know me, you know? Right. And that's important to us. Yeah. You guys are like real adults. <laughs> <laughs> You're like adults, but you do like stuff like eBay stuff for like kids, you know, like young people. I mean, and none of these people know that it's we sell on eBay. So I'm sitting in meetings and we're talking about community <laughs> stuff. They just think I'm like, I... I always just tell people, yeah, I make money on the internet. You know, I do internet <laughs> stuff. And yeah, people are like, oh, know. okay. Yeah, you know, exactly. They ask the same questions all the time. Like, my mom still asks me what a blog is. I've been doing it for like eight years. So, <laughs> <laughs> This is awesome. I think we covered a lot of ground. Yeah, this is really cool. What are you thinking there, Paula P? I, I have no idea. I'm like, I'm enjoying this conversation. At- so I don't want it to end, but I don't know what else to ask. That's probably a good time to end. I don't know. We're talking to the podcast. You guys also have a podcast. You said you had like 250 something episodes. You know, this is like our 13th yeah. or something. What do you guys think? Oh, is this a good time to end it? <laughs> I'm sure you guys will get fans that will be like, we want them to be three hours long. And you're like, oh boy. Yeah, maybe we'll check in like every year with you and see what your plan is and how many more properties. We do that on our podcast. There are several people that we check in with like every six months just to see what they're doing. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. Awesome. Yeah. Make, a, make a note, Paula. Paula's our note person. She's a good <laughs> <person. laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Cool. Thanks for having us, you guys. This is really fun. Yep. Thanks. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Nobody. We don't have any sponsors, but we would like to thank you for listening, because if you weren't, we'd just be talking to ourselves, and that would be weird. If you liked us, please do the following three things. Number one, subscribe to this show on iTunes. Number two, download as many episodes as you'd like. And number three, leave us an iTunes review. If you'd like to know more about us, check out themoneyshow.co. That's themoneyshow.co.